0: And I ended up selling the guy that pointed at me and told me he hated me and my product. I love it when people tell me something can't be done. When I set out to do this, I left my brother and the other two partners at Bonsai. And my brother said, this is a big thing. You're undertaking the biggest thing. And uh, isn't there something easier you could be doing?
1: Support provided by Skyflow. What if you could build fast, but not break privacy? What if you could ensure data privacy, governance and compliance with just a few API calls? What if you could worry less about PCI requirements while actually improving privacy and security? How much more time would your team have to truly innovate? How much faster could you build and ship new features? How much more powerful could your app be? Skyflow is a zero-trust data privacy vault delivered as an API. Skyflow's radically simple design lets you collect, secure, and tokenize personal information like card data and payment details. And with built-in features like encrypted data analysis and sharing, anonymization, and advanced governance, your days of choosing between data security and data usability are over. Whether you're just concerned with PCI compliance or need to go further to include CCPA, GDPR, SOC 2, and beyond, Skyflow has you covered. What if you could build fast but not break privacy? With Skyflow, you can. Visit SkyflowSecure.com today to learn how. Welcome to FinTech Confidential, bringing you the people, tech, and companies that change how you pay and get paid. Welcome to FinTech Confidential. I'm your host, Ted Huff. And today we're thrilled to welcome Landon Glenn, the CEO and founder of ASA. Landon is a seasoned professional in the financial services industry. At the helm of ASA, he continues his mission to break down barriers in technology adoption, aiming to serve the underserved in the FinTech space. Get ready as we delve into the insightful conversation about the future of FinTech with the help of ASA. Landon, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you, Ted. So, Landon, we we always like to start off with how in the heck did you end up going into fintech? Like, what was that journey like and what was the aha moment that you had when you realized this is something you had to
0: do? From a young age, I've always been interested in money. I've been interested in finance. (laughs) I know that's not always normal, but I was always saving my dollars and figuring out how to uh, grow them instead of what I wanted to spend them on. So I thought of things a little differently. And then when I went to college, my older brother was an accounting major and I had him help me register classes and he put me into the finance program. <laughs> and so I had all finance and accounting classes and I realized I, I had always known I was very good with numbers, very good with finances. and that kind of stemmed into my career path. I did an emphasis in real estate. And so I ended up getting involved in the real estate market, the fi- finance market, and then doing a lot of sales. I've always been a really good salesperson from a young age, winning fundraisers, getting scholarships, top uh, salesmen in the country for different programs, mm-hmm. not even understanding that I was selling these little gold cards for football to try and generate funds. My football coach would give me another 20 of them after practice every day, and I'd come back with $200 more. And he caught on and started giving me 40 a day, and I'd come back with $400 more oh, yeah. every day. And so I just, you know, leveraged that interest in uh, creating and generating and uh, selling and, and finance, and it all kind of came together.
1: How did you go from doing that? To creating Bonsai and then moving over to ASA, like what was that transition between to get to where you're at with ASA today?
0: When I was in college, um, I did uh, some door knocking jobs and helped build a company that did satellite sales door to door. And we helped people save money and get TiVo (laughs) back when DVR was a new thing. I don't know if people, the kids probably don't know what we're talking about with on demand TV now, but... Back then, saving the time with commercials and being able to skip was a big deal. They ended up selling that company and doing really well. And then I worked in another company doing financial management for adults and putting together financial plans and did that for about seven or eight years. And that was all before Bonsai.
1: Can you talk about some of the challenges in establishing ASA and how did you overcome them?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest challenges are that we set out to do something that no one had ever done before. And we wanted to build a path forward that would remove the friction in technology and banking and data connections and all of the different pieces involved around that. And so the way we got around those is uh, meeting good partners and good people and early on having a partner that understood kind of the concept of self-sovereign identity and power over your data and being able to combine that with the concepts surrounding open banking. And then since then, it's been bringing in really intelligent, high quality leaders from the industry that could help us um, tackle the challenges in front of us.
1: What are some of the challenges you faced in the early stages of your journey with ASA? And how did you overcome them?
0: So starting ASA, we incorporated the lean startup principles, and we interviewed over 150 CEOs of banks and credit unions before we even started building it. Then we had to bring together all of the other parties. We had to find a way where we could align incentives between fintechs, banks and credit unions, and even the core processors. And... That's something that we've been able to accomplish as we've pivoted. We've probably had three or four major pivots that have finally gotten us to a point where we have a model in place where everyone wins, you know, hence collaborative banking, which we talk about often, but building a model where the, uh, institutions can push their users to fintechs without having to worry about those fintechs trying to compete with them and mm-hmm. steal their uh, relationships and where the fintechs can provide technology to the institutions without having to worry about all of the regulatory compliance issues. I think that piece has been the biggest challenge that we've overcome.
1: Can you give a very specific example of a challenge that you did have and how you did overcome it?
0: Initially, um, as we were building into ASA uh, with the uh, core integrations that we were building out, uh, we had to have a model where We could integrate the core but not be offering things that were competitive to the core a good example would be with the fintechs that we're partnering with they don't offer their own cards their own checking accounts their own loans their own services they become an extension of the core and they become an extension of the credit union or the bank and that way when a user for example if they were to go to um mint.com mint.com would send them leads for Uh, competing products and services to the partner bank or credit union. If you go to Robinhood, you have to open uh, accounts with Robinhood. If you go to, um, you know, think of Moneylion or Chime, you have to open a bank account with Moneylion or Chime to be able to use the software. Mm -hmm. And so we had to create a world where the user could get those front-end experiences, those digital apps, but have them be powered through the credit union, the bank, And the core that they already have relationships with, that's an ongoing challenge that we're continually adding more features to enable that.
1: I hear you talk about this, you talk about the collaboration, you talk about integrating and working everything together. How did your previous experience influence your current leadership style at ASA?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, learning in every role and from a young age, I was aggressive in what I wanted to accomplish. I didn't want to do a nine to five job. I didn't want to go work and clock in and clock out. I wanted an opportunity for unlimited potential. And to be able to get there as quickly as I did, I had to put, in a sense, my reputation on the line and prove that the instincts that I had, um, we're not off base. I learned from those experiences was to always ask questions from everyone around me. Um, peers, friends, family, coworkers, um, others with industry experience and internalize that. And at the end of the day, you have to be confident and brave enough to make your own path forward and make your own decisions, but humble enough to be able to be impacted and have your journey influenced by the comments and and the experiences of others.
1: Landon, you've mentioned in previous conversations as well as earlier today that you are a very mission-driven company. Can you elaborate, using your own words, the mission and vision of ASA? And how did you get these guiding principles and what do they really mean to you?
0: Absolutely. I think I've I've got a lot of friends and they're in the financial industry and I'm tired of people saying, I wish I could get better technology from my credit union or from my bank. And when you think about your financial institution, what apps and what tools can you get from them? Can you get um, apps for paying off debt or building credit or uh, getting your first credit card and learning how to use it? Are there tools to guide you through that process? I had a mentor, as I mentioned earlier, my, my older brother, when I turned 18, not everybody has that mentor to guide them through the process of getting their first credit card, building mm-hmm. credit, building financial success. And when you start to unpack why, it's because of the barriers to innovation, It's because it's so hard to integrate things to financial institutions. And that's what ASA's mission is to break down, is those barriers to innovation, unlocking the ability for technology to come to market at scale with the first ever true platform play in banking so that everybody can get the help they need to live the lives they deserve and they want.
1: With having that mentor and really being able to build that out over time, to solve these problems, how do you ensure that these principles are really embedded in Asa's culture and operations?
0: Well, even from the, the name of the company, uh, is uh, after Asa Whitney, who was the visionary proponent of the Transcontinental Railroad. And you think of what that unlocked, uh, connecting the coasts and the opportunities for businesses to be built and supply chains and just the prosperity that came from having the ability to build along those rails. And that's really the mission of ASA is to create those rails. And those rails do not exist today. If you want to partner with technology or you want to get apps through your bank or credit union, maybe the connection doesn't work at all. Maybe you can't even get that technology or maybe it's unreliable or maybe it can't integrate to your actual data in a secure, compliant way. What we're building in and of itself is it meets those core uh, mission of what we're doing. And that's the same principles I had in, in my life and the companies that I work for and the, the pieces that I get involved in. And you know, I came to Bonsai after it had been there quite a few years, and it met that mission of financial education, getting into 50% of schools across the country and helping um, people to live better lives. And then the next phase in that is really not just providing education, but delivering technology that empowers and uplifts and allowing the market to build that technology.
1: With having such an impactful mission and vision, can you share a a story where the mission and vision guided you to a major decision at ASA?
0: Every decision that we have to make at ASA stems from, you know, does it further that mission of empowerment, control, um, security for the end user? And I was recently at the University of Utah doing a presentation to the college kids on ASA and what we're building and FinTech in general. And the first thing they asked is, what are you going to do with our data? I told them nothing. It's your data. No one else gets to see it. We're not going to sell it to anyone. I get asked all the time from... Other groups out there that have said, can we buy your data? You're building these connections directly to the core for these FIs that don't have reliable connections. Can you build out this infrastructure and we'll buy it? And the answer is that it's the customer's data. They own it. They control it. And our decision as a company has been to keep it private, keep it safe, keep it secure, and that the end user can use it for... The things that they want in life to live a better life in a private safe secure way and there's very few it's becoming a hotter and hotter topic but there's very few companies that aren't out there mining data and trying to monetize your data um, in any way possible and with asa we want to monetize it with you we want you to be able to have your data for your benefit and then you can say okay i need i could get a better deal on a loan or a service okay great let's get you back with your bank or credit union in town you trust that You know, you're already set up with rather than kicking you somewhere where you might not understand all the terms or, you know, something might happen that's predatory with other types of lending.
1: That is one fantastic way that you're actively driving the mission in the fintech space. Could you share some key strategies that you've implemented beyond the data sector?
0: Yeah. So the data is one component of what fintechs need, and that's the ability to have a reliable, safe, secure, data connection, but the other components stem from the products and services that power your life. And so the loans that you take out, um, the cards that you open, uh, and then beyond that, the other services that you might need that may be financially related, whether it's investing or insurance or valuing a small business startup and being able to get lending, uh, those types of things. And That's what ACE is bridging out to, is taking that data and turning it into actionable insights and allowing you to use it to get the things that you need to get to the next phase in your life.
1: In fintech, strategic decisions are by far one of the most complicated and difficult ones to make. Could you share a specific instance where the mission... Made that decision easier?
0: We needed to figure out a way for users to be able to access FinTech solutions. And we wanted it to be a way that was more private, more safe than other solutions out there. And so we created a single sign on or login with ASA for the FinTech. So now when you go out to use a FinTech, normally you would have to give them your name, your email your login credentials, and then put your bank information in and let that connect. With ASA, it's point and click and it's single sign-ons. We've allowed the user to be able to set up an account, register and use a fintech without disclosing their name, without sharing their email, without having to have a username and password to remember. Now it's a universal login that connects your identity and your data into anything and technology. And that goes beyond fintech. You can use that same login feature to connect your financial data or your financial uh, cards or services and things like that into any piece of software.
1: That's a great piece of functionality that really helps the consumers take control of their data. But how do you measure the success of these types of strategies in terms of achieving the goals of your mission?
0: Well, 84% of or around that, I think 81, 84% of consumers have connected their financial institution, their primary account to a fintech, but only 14% trust the process. And when you think of the number of users that are not using fintech because they're concerned about sharing their data or putting in credentials, one interesting metric is going to be how much we can increase the adoption and usage of fintech by removing those barriers by allowing users to be able to turn on a reliable data connection directly to the core without having to worry about sharing login information without ever having to reauthenticate having reliability there but also privacy and security as we remove those different barriers and make it easier for end users and consumers to try out fintech and to adopt fintech. I want to see us 10x the amount of fintechs on the market and 10x fintech adoption like other platforms have. When you think of Uber, for example, 10xing the revenue of the taxi industry, Mm -hmm. not only disrupting it.
1: You've mentioned a handful of different things, but what do you see as the key problems that ASA is currently focusing on solving in the broader fintech industry?
0: Banks and credit unions want to partner with fintech and they want to offer exciting apps to their consumers. But the challenges are getting those apps integrated and then being able to offer them to their consumers in a safe, compliant way. That is preventing the FIs from being able to endorse most fintechs. And then when you think of fintechs, They have a really great user experience, but most of them have to try and convince the end user not only to use their app, but to switch bank accounts or switch to their credit card. And that becomes a bigger burden. Now you have to try and get them to trust you with setting up an account, pulling credit, moving money. What we're solving is really allowing the banks and credit unions to become a distribution channel. Majority of American families and households have bank accounts and they're banked. I think it's 85% of households are banked. So when you think of that, the vast majority have accounts, but the fintechs are having to go out and reinvent the wheel and acquire customers on their own. And then they have to deal with the KYC and fraud associated with that. What ACE is doing is leveraging the already KYC um, process of the FI. We're leveraging the distribution channel by aligning incentives, you get the best of both worlds. You get a safe, compliant financial institution that can power the products and services you use. And you get cutting edge new technology with new apps that can come out every single day. It's hard to beat that combination.
1: Solving problems for a client can be difficult. It can be hair pulling. It could be, it could turn your hair gray by trying to do that. Can you give an example of how you're able to effectively solve a significant problem for a client?
0: The process of getting this thing turned on, my hair is turning gray in and of itself, because there's things you just don't know that you don't know. For example, we initially tried to build the platform where the user would authenticate their credit union or bank account using username and password credentials. And then we discovered After our first integration that the others didn't have those credentials stored at the core, they were stored somewhere else and we weren't able to access them. And so that led to the invention of Asa Auth, which is the first ever passwordless username authentication platform that allows consumers to connect their accounts to uh, FinTech in less than five seconds without inputting login credentials. That was a big problem that we came across in trying to launch. And that's been the story of our journey. We've been developing the technology for two years and two months now that we've been building and been working on the company for over four years. That journey of solving problems one after the other has led us to a really exciting solution.
1: With being in fintech, where everything is disconnected, disjointed, and as you mentioned, problems just seem to pop out of thin air when you least expect it. How do you approach problem solving when faced with a new challenge at ASA?
0: Surrounding myself by highly intelligent uh, people who are able to contribute and help solve those problems, our CTO is very good at solving technical problems. And so I try and gather as much information as I can and present the information. And as a team, we have weekly meetings on product priorities, and everyone gets to voice their input on what the top 15 priorities are at any given time. And that may change based on what we're hearing from our credit unions and banks, our fintechs, and from end users. We prioritize what needs to be built next. That kind of guides us along that journey of solving those problems. And then also having very strong board of directors, very strong uh, investors and partners all the way from you know the CIO of JPMorgan Chase to the CEO of the third largest credit union to the head of innovation for the ABA uh, in DC for 20 years to our CTO built um, a lot of stuff for First Data's payment gateway, Jack Henry's credit card platform, uh, global payments for Walmart and McDonald's. He's done some big stuff. And so having people who understand the problem with industry experience, if it's having the right team of people, and then just making good decisions as a group.
1: We've talked about like all the things that lead up to it. And you've mentioned financial institutions, credit unions, fintechs, a lot of different players in this space. Who would you say the ideal customer for Asa's services are? And could you paint a picture of what that company looks like?
0: So financial institutions are one of the three important pieces that we need, along with their core processors, making sure that we can get that full integration to the core. And these are financial institutions that want to offer technology to end users. So we think of end user facing apps. So um, whether it's consumer or business, both are important. And then on the fintech side, we need innovation companies that want to solve problems for users, whether it's budgeting or investing or getting out of debt or building credit. We've got a wide range of apps that do a lot of different things. And through the the distribution partnerships, I would say when you unpeel everything back, it's really the core processors that are an exciting partner for us. Because once we've integrated that core, they can help us distribute to their financial institutions on that core. And from the fintech side, they want that distribution channel. They want those partnerships. So the only challenge there is um, sometimes tweaking the business model to be able to fit what we've built.
1: Could you share an example of a customer who perfectly fits your profile and how Asa has been able to assist them to move themselves forward?
0: Yeah, with a multi-sided marketplace, we've got so many different customers. So it's not just one group, but You know, one example is First Education Federal Credit Union in Wyoming. And they want access to technology. They want apps to be able to um, give their uh, members of their credit union the ability to take control of their finances in different ways. So they were one of the first to sign on with us. And we now have 11 FIs signed and we have 18 FinTech signed. So the numbers have grown over time. But Over the last 30 days, we've turned on four different credit unions across two different core processors, just showing the scale of what we're unlocking and how quickly we can reproduce this. Ultimately, it's uh, financial institutions that want to give their consumers, their end users, a, a digital experience that meets their needs. So
1: how do you tailor your services to meet their unique needs? Chargebacks drain revenue.
0: threaten your ability to process payments but they don't need to be a cost of doing business you can resolve up to 40% of chargebacks before they're ever filed here's how it works when one of your customers contacts a participating bank to dispute a charge you'll be notified at that point you can avoid the resulting chargeback it's fast easy and effective you can be set up and preventing up to 40% of chargebacks in just 48 hours Well, we allow the financial institution to be able to choose or control the fintechs that can appear in the platform. So, for example, we might have a large institution that bases a lot of their services on insurance. So they're not going to want apps in there that sell insurance because they would see that as competitive. But then you might have another one that doesn't offer insurance. And so they want to have products for insurance available so that their consumers can save money and get ahead. The same thing applies for other services, like some financial institutions might not offer mortgages or they might not offer uh, a car loan or something like that. So now they're able to look and say, okay, do I want to give my consumers access to apps that do crypto or is that something I'm not wanting to get involved with right now? And so they're able to dip their feet in and control that experience over time. But ultimately the, the, The key mission is to allow the end user to have that direct access to the technology and unlock that control because every other app store, it's either at the digital service provider or it's at the core processor and the FI has to buy the apps in order for a user to actually see them. So if there's 50 apps in there, have they bought one? Have they bought two? Most consumers are never going to see the tech that's in there And so what Ace has built is the first ever direct-to-consumer app store where a new app can be integrated in three to seven days without having to sign a contract with the FI, without having to go through diligence, and without any cost. That just unlocks the consumer's choice because more apps become available so much quicker.
1: The financial institutions arena has gone through some massive turmoil in the past few months. How do you see the current market trends impacting ASA and the fintech industry as a whole?
0: Yeah, I think that times are changing. And, um, you know, even when you look back to when we filed our patent, uh, around that time, privacy was becoming a bigger and bigger concern. And that's one of the things that our patent creates is, a, a secure compliant app store that keeps the consumer's data private and secure, where we integrate to the core and allow the user to control it and share it with who they want in a private, secure way. So we actually beat Apple by nice. three months Congratulations. On the, filing of the patent. And it's <laughs> pretty exciting stuff. So you can kind of see that privacy and data sovereignty was becoming a hotter and hotter topic. And now we're seeing issues around just consumer control of their data and also. We're seeing issues around untext and what they can and can't do and new regulation coming around open banking and even mm-hmm. banking as a service. And so that has the tendency to, you know, allow the regulators to come to the table. I think they're behind the eight ball a little bit. They're always following maybe a couple of years behind what the industry is doing, but they're seeing these concerns where maybe there's players that were doing predatory loans against uh, veterans or they're getting in trouble for uh, different types of services where A normal financial institution wouldn't have these issues. It's the go-between that we're creating. And so, ASA wants to remove that risk from the market where you can get those services from your trusted FI, but you can get the technology from the innovative startup.
1: So, you've mentioned a ton of trends. How how does ASA adopt... The trends as they come along because they can come and go really fast.
0: Our stance is we want to be setting the trends and we want to be building what's happening and thinking ahead before anybody else is even seeing that or talking about it. And I think in my career, that's something that I've uh, found a way to do. And and the decisions I've made into the industries to get in, and even I thought inflation was going to be a big issue back in 2016, so I started buying a lot of real estate. So that same type of foresight and seeing that ahead of time is something that we do at ASA is understanding when we started four years ago, we were looking at this saying, this is where we think the industry is going to be in five to 10 years from now. And how can we prevent the issues that we see happening? We saw that the way open banking was heading is that fintechs were having to compete head to head with traditional banks and credit unions. And many of them couldn't keep up with digital. And they couldn't keep up with the pace of innovation. And so the consumer was having to choose between their local Mm -hmm. institution of choice and the newest (laughs) shiny tech that they could just download off of Apple and set up a bank account and move everything over to. And so ASA, you know, wanted to be the first ever platform to allow the consumer to have full control. Not only do they control what tech they use, but they can control which financial institution is powering that tech, giving them complete portability and control.
1: What emerging trends do you believe will have the most significant impact on fintech as an industry and how is Asa preparing for them?
0: With banking as a service and the things that are happening there, the regulation coming down the chain, it's the regulators are trying to figure out should and what do we allow these startups to be able to do? And then when you think of those startups that are actually going through it, I don't hear... The most favorable feedback on having to call their sponsor bank every day to give them feedback on what's happening and then uh, being able to be three weeks ahead to approve a marketing message or a change the problem is they're trying to quote interest rates they're trying to sell regulated products they're trying to sell regulated services and some of them don't even know what <laughs> reg z is or truth and lending or the patriot act or any of these things as we see the regulators trying to wrap their heads around it, I don't know where they're going to land or what they're going to do, but there's going to be a huge opportunity for an increased level of consumer control. And where the, as a customer, I don't have to leave my uh, community bank that I trust or my community credit union that I've been with for a decade where I have my ATM network. I know people. I can go in and get help whenever I need it. They show up at the football games at the high school. They show up at the soccer. They sponsor things. They're able to give you loans that you can't get elsewhere because of those personal relationships. And so we're kind of at this bridge where you have these local community institutions that are providing that service and that experience and that hometown feel. Then you have this amazing tech that has no branches, no way to deposit money, no boots on the ground, no local feel and so somebody has to create a way for that to work together i think of amazon and how you can go to kohl's now to return mm-hmm. things you know they they see despite being a platform that you can buy stuff with one click online they have friction points and they're trying to figure out convenient ways for those consumers to you know solve those friction points and it's a win win for everybody involved and asa wants to bring together you know some of those traditional ways of doing banking And combine that with innovative tech, but also unlock uh, the opportunity for more innovation.
1: And we're starting to see that a lot with my consulting company where local banks, regional banks, and even some small national banks are running into some scenarios where they're wanting to offer products and the regulators are coming in and and being very, very detailed detailed on it. And a lot of these fintechs are reliant on some of these banking products in order to deliver to the markets. And they're starting to see the regulatory hurdles start to move closer and closer to them. And it's only a matter of time where it's going to go all the way out to the edges of the fin. This is causing a lot of discomfort with a lot of the fintechs. It's causing a lot of discomfort with consumers that are working with the fintechs because now they're getting asked for information that they may or may not feel comfortable with sharing with the fintech. And then the bank's requirements, as you mentioned, are they want to know every day, what's going on? How are you doing this? Have you found anything? And as you and I discussed, there's a financial institution that I'm working with that just received a a large number of SARS and now is trying to figure out, what do we do with this? How do we do it? What is the, the method? How do we keep this from happening again? You know, all of these different things. And I think you're completely right that going down the regulatory path is going to be more and more important as, as we start to see all these other additional technologies come into play. And that leads me to my next. What does the future hold for ASA and the fintech industry? And I would love for you to share your insights and predictions. Just pretend like you're sitting in the hot tub time machine and you're able to go forward and come back and tell us the great
0: stories that you just... Yeah, this is uh, my favorite question by far. You know, If I could <laughs> jump forward and come back in time, I'll say, you know what? There's now an app that when you're a kid uh, through your local credit union, your local bank, you can get a branded card, powered, that can do everything that you want. You can allow kids to get allowance or... You know, do all these different pieces. And then when you turn 18, you're going to have an app that'll help you get your first credit card and protect mm-hmm. you. And it's going to show you how to build credit. You have a $100 limit on it, charge it up. And if you don't pay it off, it'll maybe ACH mom's account or dad's account, or it'll maybe pull the funds from a line of credit that the FIs offered you and keep you safe and compliant where you can repay that over time. Where now you have I don't know if you call it bumpers, you know, like when you're bowling, <laughs> but it's safety guards where you're not going to fall in the gutter and spend seven, eight years trying to get out because you didn't understand what you were doing. It's putting the education and the technology to guide you through life so that you're able to do the things that you want, whether that's buying a home, buying a car, investing, getting ahead. We have so much technology of out in the market today um, we shouldn't have people falling behind. We shouldn't have people that aren't able to, uh, get the things they need. We can bring in people to the industry and help them learn through that technology and through building safe habits over time. And there's going to be, you know, just like on the Apple App Store, there's, you know, millions of apps on there. In the first year that it came out, 75,000 apps were created, a billion downloads. I see there being. But in the future, millions of fintechs, and you might have an app that is custom designed to give you the best experience. I grew up on an apple orchard, <laughs> so maybe it's an apple orchard, a farmer app that helps you manage all of that. And it takes all of the data input, inputs, the satellite growth data, the price of grain and or feed, or feed or whatever it is that you need to be able to run your farm. And it combines that with the financial institution and it becomes a world where the user can just click a button and instantly get the loan they need based on the data generated through the fintech. But the loan will be from their local institution that they've trusted and worked with for generations. And so that's what the future holds is a seamless connection of all financial experiences, data, and just it's enablement. There's plenty to go around and we can all grow together. We just need the ability to uplift each other. And we all want you know each other to succeed. And I think we'll have a better society because of it.
1: How is ASA preparing for these future trends that you've just discussed with us?
0: <laughs> well, it's building highly scalable platforms and thinking through the architecture the right way up front. And when we went to build our platform, I talked a lot with our CTO and I said, we need this ready where if thousands of financial institutions joined on, we could handle that. And so he built a serverless microservices platform. It's all API-based. We use Terraform, automated code deployment. We can already handle 1 million transactions per second. Uh, Visa can do 75,000. And so when you think of that, we can sit in the front and enable these innovation companies, whether it's a fintech or even if it's just a marketplace, like you want to use ASA, To fund a car loan through craigslist and you want to be able to verify your identity using your bank account we'd be able to do all of those use cases and each of those different experiences could ping our system and our platform and we only have to call the core one time to get the data pull so instead of having millions of transactions calling the core that may overload it we can break those down and do a single call and then distribute the information out with our platform. It's really just instant scale, instant enablement. And it's a, you know, safer, more compliant version of, of open banking really.
1: So I'm going to get, ask you to get really specific here. What is the number one opportunity and the number one challenge you foresee ASA having in the coming years?
0: Well, in the coming years, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think the challenges right now today are with a platform play. You need a lot of financial institutions onboarded. You need a lot of fintechs onboarded to make an ex- excellent experience for the end user. And so we've been working on solving that challenge by creating very valuable experiences within ASA individually but also increasing the scalability of fintech onboarding so that we can have more apps coming in more quickly. We've got a lot of very large financial institutions that are wanting to join once we hit a certain number of fintechs. And so I think that is the challenge is hitting both sides of the platform. And uh, the fintechs want lots of users and the FIs want lots of fintechs for them all to come together. And so it's just making sure that we can enable that um, and then down the road, you know, the challenge or opportunity, I guess, is creating innovation open APIs, really open innovation in banking, having a front end open API that can be consumed with a toolkit where you can build your bank account into anything. You have your own business and you want to build your bank information into your own CRM, into your own accounting software. Boom. You can get a. You can get your production and sandbox keys within 90 seconds. DFI is willing, is able to permission that out without sharing your usernames, account numbers, passwords, account, anything. It's all, it's all secret. It's all safe. And so now all of a sudden we can actually give consumers complete control of their data in a safe, compliant way because ACE is sitting in the middle and we're handling that identity, the KYC, the, the issuance, permissioning, verification of all the credentials allowing the consumer to really take control. And so I think those are the opportunities. And as we as we solve uh, those opportunities, I'm sure we'll have more challenges as we go because, I mean, the same architecture we've built could apply in other places like medical data or government data or education data. And the list goes on and on, but it's allowing the user to take control of their data and being able to use it to power the experiences um, to live a better life.
1: Landon, we've covered a ton of stuff today. Is there anything you wanted to make sure that the audience hears and understands that maybe we haven't covered?
0: Really, I think, you know, the the passion that we have here at ASA is, it, it all stems from financial empowerment. It stems from the end user being able to get the tools they need to live a better life. If that means that the app's in Spanish, then that means the app's in Spanish and it's powered by their institution right across the street. If that means that it's an app for college kids, it's an app for college kids. Uh, But I think it's just envisioning a new type of world where you're able to get these experiences from your preferred local institution of choice in a safe, compliant way. Because right now, banks and credit unions can't offer technology for the 1%. They have to build apps and tools that are for the 70 plus percent because they've got such a broad, diverse base of account holders. They can't build something that is hyper-personalized. And so I think unlocking that hyper-personalization, I don't know what the world is going to hold, but dream of it and think of what you may want and what would make your life better. And we're going to provide that open API for you to build it.
1: So with, with you being an entrepreneur, I've got a couple entrepreneurial questions have a little bit to do with fintech. So for those who are venturing into the fintech space and they've decided that they want to build something in fintech, if you could summarize it into one, maybe two sentences, what single piece of advice would you give them?
0: Never give up. And and come prepared for a challenge and and have a desire to do things that no one else can do because we need innovation in this space and we want you to to follow through with it.
1: So this sounds like it has a personal story behind it. So what is the personal experience that led you to this specific
0: piece of advice? You no, know, I've always felt internally that I want to do things that others can't do. And when someone tells me you can't do something, then that's where I'm at my best. (laughs) I want to do what people think are impossible. And I've done that in the past experiences that I've had. It's been jobs where, you know, finding an experience. I I had one when I was selling Dish Network, I knocked on a door and somebody looked at my logo and said, Dish Network, I hate Dish Network. (laughs) And I told them, I do too. I would, you know, the channels are all out of New York to the East coast. You can't, you know, and and we were in, we were in Oregon. So, and the, every time it rains, the connection goes out and, you know, you have to watch the same channel on every TV and all the young people have no idea what we're talking about with all this stuff right now. But I listed every complaint I had ever heard about the product. And I said, I never would have worked for them if they hadn't fixed all those problems. And I ended up selling the guy that pointed at me and told me he hated me and my product. And so I think that's that that personal drive of just, I love it when people tell me something can't be done. And when I set out to do this, I left my brother and the other two partners at Bonsai and my brother said, this is a big thing. You're, you're undertaking the biggest thing. And, uh, isn't there something easier you could be doing? And to me, that's the fire that makes me want to do it and to build the team and to accomplish things because, you know, you're not going to change the world just checking in and out and, and not just going in and, and checking your hours. You know,
1: what do you wish you knew when you first started ASA? Huh.
0: I mean, that's a interesting question because, you know, we've learned so much along the process and had we known everything we know today, we could have gotten there quicker. But, you know, I think, um, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think I would go back and do anything differently. Um, you know, because typically when you say, oh, I wish I had known something, it was, Oh, I wish I had known the stock market was going to go up or go down or something like that. But I think we came into this with, the right vision of where the industry was headed and in the same way that with inflation and the way that the financial policy has been, the decisions that I made uh, prior to this set me up where I didn't have to work anymore and it gave me the ability to do whatever I wanted to do and to swing for the fences was something really big. And I think that experience of uh, building ASA has been a personal growth journey. I mean, I wish I would have known that the you know financial markets were going to crash a couple, a year and a half ago or whatever it was, or a year ago, whenever the funds rate started going up, I wish I would have known some of those changes were going to happen. But ultimately, it hasn't stopped us from you know, reaching our goals and our mission. Uh, so I think just come prepared and know that it's going to be a stressful journey and you're going to have your ups and downs and that's entrepreneurship.
1: What is the biggest surprise you've had from starting in the journey with Asa?
0: Yeah. I think the biggest surprise that I've had have been the people that I've been able to surround myself with. If you had asked me in 2019, when we started out on this idea, would I be working with the team, the investors, and the leaders that we have today, I wouldn't have believed it was possible. And I think that having that vision and that passion and that desire to do something better for the industry, I think that whole vision of Asa Bridging the gap and bringing technology to all and enablement—it's attracted some of the top minds in the industry, and it's amazing to be able to do board meetings with the board we have. It's amazing to be able to come to work and have weekly meetings with the team we have. And so, I think for for me, what surprised me the most is just the rallying uh, of some of the the best and the brightest in the industry that have jumped on to help us reach our mission,
1: Landon. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and the innovative work Asa is doing in fintech. And to our audience, don't forget, subscribe, share, like, follow, comment. Stay tuned for more exciting conversations one-on-one like we just had with Landon on Fintech Confidential. Support provided by Skyflow. What if you could build fast but not break privacy? What if you could ensure data privacy, governance, and compliance with just a few API calls? What if you could worry less about PCI requirements while actually improving privacy and security? How much more time would your team have to truly innovate? How much faster could you build and ship new features? How much more powerful could your app be? Skyflow is a zero-trust data privacy vault delivered as an API. Skyflow's radically simple design lets you collect, secure, and tokenize personal information, like card data and payment details. And with built-in features like encrypted data analysis and sharing, anonymization, and advanced governance, your days of choosing between data security and data usability are over. Whether you're just concerned with PCI compliance or need to go further to include CCPA, GDPR, SOC 2, and beyond, SkyFlow has you covered. What if you could build fast but not break privacy? With SkyFlow, you can. Visit skyflowsecure.com today to learn how
0: this has been a production of diamond d3 media with all rights reserved this is provided for informational purposes only it is not offered or intended to be used as legal tax investment financial or other advice we strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information but will not be responsible for any missing facts or inaccurate information you comply and understand that you should use any of this information at your own risk cryptocurrencies are highly volatile financial assets so research and make your own financial decisions